0: Last year we went to. Uh, it was in Knoxville, Tennessee, which uh, never been, which it was fun to go. But I'm so glad it's not going to be in Knoxville again, because Greenville, South Carolina, is way cooler and it's 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 way closer, uh, and we're getting a, we're getting a substantial upgrade in the hotel. Let oh me God. tell you, uh, we're staying at the Hyatt play, what's what's it called? Yes. Hyatt. Hyatt Regency in downtown South Carolina. It's like right on the strip of like Main Street where you can walk around. There's this really good ice cream place called Killwinds. Yeah, Killwinds, K-I-L, W I. And uh, you're going to want to go there, it's really good. There's a legit Starbucks like in the hotel where you can redeem as well as earn rewards, which, if any of you Starbucks are aficionados, it's kind of a big deal, because you can't do that on campus. You know that? It's kind of a bummer. Because they're all fake Starbuckses. That's right. You're a fraud. You smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a movie quote, I promise. Um, but hey, for real though, salt. This is the last thing I'm gonna say. The guy that's speaking his name's Kurt Harlow. I don't know why we haven't say this in our announcements. He is. Not, Thanks, Patrick.
1: <laughs> sorry, we just haven't even
0: mentioned it like in staff you to talk about it. But uh, he is. He is an incredible communicator. He is one of the funniest preachers. So you will literally laugh like crazy, but you will also be challenged. Uh, And it's it's gonna be a great time. I'm really excited to hear him. I spoke at one of the salts that I went to when I was a college student, and it was a really powerful time. So I'm excited uh, about salt. So, all right, tonight we're number two out of three. We're talking about that turkey, right? We're one week away from Turkey Day. Everybody excited? Yeah! yeah, me too. I've been doing Keto for like three and a half months, pretty religiously, like pretty strict. And on Thanksgiving Day, I'm going to loosen the belt a little and, and have a little fun with some carbs. And I'll get right back on on Friday. Don't worry, okay? We were so, worried. I had something really interesting happen this past week. It's really funny. Uh, I was, was uh, had the opportunity to go to a church this past weekend uh, down in Buford, South Carolina. Some guys, Cody, some of Cody's smart group guys went, and Ryan went with me. Uh, we had the opportunity to hear Big Rockin' preach, which was really awesome. He's a guy that one of the guys that heads up Live Dead, and uh, so in the second service, the worship leader. It's a funny story. The worship leader funny, uh, so was like in between songs, you know, and everyone was, like, you know, praising the Lord. And the worship leader is kind of doing like, kind of like the ad lib, you know, like just spontaneous things where he is declaring things to the Lord. You know, it's, it's a form of worship. It's very, you know, biblical and awesome. And he was a incredible worship leader. Uh, and... And he he says, he says, uh, we give you praise. And he's after that he goes, out of Thanksgiving. And when he said, out of Thanksgiving, I could kind have of sworn I heard him say, I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'm like in the middle of worship, and I'm like, Yes, I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> Why are we saying this right now? <laughs> and after it I'm Ryan was right next to me and I am like laughing because I'm like, how ridiculous. I, I know he didn't say that, you know, but that's what I heard. So I'm like trying to tell Ryan. I'm like, I, I swear he just said and I And I kept laughing and I kept laughing and I couldn't say it. It took me like a minute and a half just to calm down. So then I told Ryan and then it was funny again. And Ryan started laughing and we're like in the middle of worship like... <laughs> 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 you know, like, you know, it's like one of those moments where you're like, don't want to laugh, and it makes it harder not to laugh, you know? Every day so, know. tonight we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about <coughs> what it means to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, and we're in the month of November, Thanksgiving's a week away. And, you know, this is the time of year that a lot of people talk about, you know, giving thanks. They talk about things that are they're thankful for, like people do their like Thanksgiving challenge for the whole month of November, where they say one thing that they're grateful for on social media every day. And, uh, I actually think that's really cool. I think it's really awesome to, to just express that. Um, but, but I want us to look at what we can do instead of making, you know, Thanksgiving Just a one out of 12 month thing, you know, 31 day thing. How can we make this a year long, everyday, lifelong life of Thanksgiving, right? 365 days a year, every year, we want to give more grateful people. We want to have thankful hearts. Um, A lot of you guys know that I got my degree in construction science management. I learned a lot about building things. And uh, got the opportunity to do a lot of projects, working on houses and stuff like that. Does anybody know what the most important part is of the building? Good job. You guys can get a degree in construction science. It's right. It's right. It's a foundation. I don't. I heard foundation. I don't know if anybody said anything else. But the foundation is is the most important part, right? Basically you are building this man-made building and you have to figure out how you're going to build that on a you know, non-man-made earth that is not very flat oftentimes <coughs> I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into you know, the soil and all these things that go into how you marry the foundation to the earth. and. Um, Once that foundation is set, once it's good, once it's level, once it's plumb, you know, all the things are right, you measure everything out, then and only then are you able to start building up. You know, I I heard, you know, when I was in college, I heard all these horror stories of, you know, I went to college in Texas, so they would talk about, like, these condos that were built down, like, near near Mexico on South Padre Island. They're, like, 25, 30-story condo buildings. And uh, you know, halfway through construction, it's already built, and they're like, you know, furnishing it out, and the building just starts to tilt. <laughs> and it's like, at that point, you're like, well, we just wasted a ton of money, we have to tear this building down. Like, there's nothing that you can do. Like, so, it's a ton of waste of money, it's a ton of waste of time, if the foundation is not right, right? And thankfulness, when it comes to our foundational things, like foundational uh, uh, disciplines that we want to have, or attitudes that we want to have in our walk with the Lord, thankfulness and gratitude, I'll use those words interchangeably, um, are a big part of that foundation. You see, if we it's a marker in the life of Christ. When you look at the, you know, in his life, he gave thanks. He broke bread and gave thanks to the Lord. He was... He gave thanks a lot and we, if we want to be like Jesus, we should also want to have grateful hearts. And the thing about thankfulness is that it can't, it's not something that can be like imparted to us. It's not like somebody can pray over us and be like, be thankful, like poosh. Like not like osmosis type thing. You can't just, you can't just receive a grateful heart. It's a choice. You have to choose to have a grateful heart. Right? Yeah. You have to choose to do it. You have to choose to say that you're grateful. You have to choose to live it out. So uh, this is really interesting. As I was preparing and studying, uh, I came across an article by Forbes magazine on the seven scientific benefits of gratitude. Really interesting. You guys want to hear yeah. 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 Good, because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> So the first one, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. So when you tell somebody thank you, they're like, oh, this guy's nice. Maybe I can be his friend, right? Gratitude improves physical health. It's pretty interesting. Gratitude improves psychological health. You know, grateful people oftentimes don't have jealousy and envy. You know, they don't have this, these battles going on in their mind about stuff. Uh, number four, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. I think that was really cool because very, you know, very few times you're going to see somebody that is really grateful and has, you know, lives gratitude is going to be like lashing out in revenge and like raging on people, right? Number five, I think all of us could probably use some of this one. Grateful people sleep better. Right? Right? I know I can do some sleep. (laughs) Number six, gratitude improves self-esteem. And number seven, gratitude increases mental strength. That one has to do with, in the article it talks about like the idea of resilience and like being able to uh, walk through difficult things and, and not let those things crush you. Because difficult times do come, right? But it's, we choose to be grateful during those times for the things that we have. So, let's open up our Bibles, and let's open up to the book of Psalms. We're going to read out of the 136th chapter, and we will read the first three verses. Uh, So the book of Psalms is, it's it's about like in the middle of your Bible, and they are prayers and songs that are written to the Lord. The 136th Psalm is, is kind of a popular one, and it goes like this, verses 1 through 3 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for your steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. So tonight I want to focus on three things about thankfulness that we can, that can help us grow in the area of thankfulness. So three main points. Each point is also going to kind of have like a key phrase that we're going to say with that point. So the first, the first uh, point is that thankfulness is grounded in recognition. Thankfulness is grounded in recognition. We say this a lot, but God is God and I am not. That is the epitome of recognizing who God is and recognizing who you are. That you are not God, and that God is God. And, and in Psalm 136, it says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? He's good. Right? So we must recognize who God, who the Lord is, who our Father is, and we must recognize what are the things about him. Right? So... We, we learn that the Lord is good, and that he, he is our Father, and that He loves us, and that He wants what's best for us, because He is a good and loving Father, we are His children. Right? And in the book of James, it talks about, and this is kind of the key phrase for this one, is that every good thing we have comes from God. So we must not just know that the Lord is good, but we must recognize that He is good for for our own lives. Scripture says that we are to taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, I've been uh, mulling over this idea. I was reading about it recently, and it's kind of stuck with me. It's this idea of beholding God. Beholding is not really a word that we, we use often. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says this. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This idea of beholding means that we are to, to reflect It's kind of like, you know, the mirror thing where you look in, you know, obviously the mirror, like there's the, you know, the Disney movie and all that kind of stuff, but but we, we want to see what kind of reflection we are reflecting when we look in the mirror. And it says that we are to be transformed continually more and more into the image of Jesus. And why, why do we want to be transformed into Jesus? Why, why would we want to be more and more like Jesus? It's because we recognize that Jesus is good, that Jesus is, is righteous and holy, and we want those things for our own life. And we, and we know, and we talk about this a lot, is that Jesus is the only person that is qualified to rule our lives. There's no one else that's more qualified than Jesus to do that, we, you know, I, if I rule my own life, I'm really going to mess things up because I'm not good. I'm not perfect like Jesus. Right? Does that make sense? So, through that recognition of who Jesus is and who the Lord is, we can be thankful that God is in our life. The Beatitude, the very first one says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall be feel, filled. This idea of poor in spirit is that that you are nothing without Jesus. So if you recognize that you are nothing without Jesus, but then Jesus will fill you with his spirit, then that should lead us to gratitude. That should lead us to a thankful heart because the Lord has come. He has redeemed us. And that we must recognize that he's a good father. We are his children and that he loves us. And that, that may really be hard for some of you guys when you think of the word father because maybe you haven't had a very good earthly father. But, but the heavenly father, our Lord, he is a good father. Uh, and, and I just you know want to remind you that he is good. He is holy. So the, the key phrase there is every good thing I have comes from God. So the second point is that thankfulness produces satisfaction. So the, so giving thanks will lead, and having a thankful heart will lead us to satisfaction. So what is the opposite of thankfulness (coughs) which leads us to satisfaction? The opposite of that is entitlement. You see, on one end, you know, a grateful person would say things like, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that I get to come to this incredible university, that I get to pursue this education. And for a lot of y'all, it you know, it's thank, thank the Lord for my parents who have sacrificed for years on years, making a, a way to help provide for me so that I can come here, so I can get this education, so I can better my life, right? But The opposite of somebody being entitled, they would be like, I've always wanted to be a doctor. So I have to go, nothing against doctors. It's just the thing I picked. Uh, I have to go to college. I have to do this because I always wanted to be a doctor. My parents, they need to help me. Like they have to help provide for me so that I can can do what I need to do so that I can do what I've always wanted to do. And the thing about entitlement is it's all about me. It's all about my desires and what I want. And being entitled is really scary and it's also a really slippery slope.
1: The basis of entitlement is I deserve
0: this. I'm entitled to this. It's my right that I have this, right? But you know, scripture talks about uh, what measure you use against other people will be used against you. And if you have a spirit of entitlement, and you feel like you deserve something, and you're entitled to something, and it's my right that I have this thing, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we all deserve death. So we can't pick and choose the things that we want to be entitled to, right? So and it's only by God's grace through putting our hope and trust in Him and following Him that Jesus makes us whole. He saves us. He redeems us so that we can be in a restored right relationship with the Father. And it's not, it's not anything that you've done that deserves your relationship with the Lord. And so the grace from the Lord should produce gratitude in our hearts. It should eliminate entitlement in our lives and in our entitlement to the Lord. I'm, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, yeah, I get that," but but they have entitlements against other things, against other people. But but you can't pick and choose. So thankfulness produces satisfaction. It's not happy people that are thankful. It's thankful people that are happy. You see, uh, Scripture, oftentimes, thankfulness and joy are coupled together, like, you know, maybe in the same verse or in the same pairing of, of verses. Thankfulness is the key to happiness. And the key phrase for this one is that we must not let what we want rob us of what we have. That's good. So a few weeks ago, we talked about this idea of contentment uh, from the book of Philippians, from Paul's, Paul's letter to the Philippian church, and how it's the whole uh, the weightlifting verse, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, that, that whole passage is about, it's about contentment. It's, it's learning how to be content with plenty and with, with nothing. And, and we talked about how to have contentment is that you, you must be grateful for the things that you have, and it's a choice. You must choose to be grateful. And it's, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with thankfulness and gratitude. And this this can work out in a few ways. Obviously, the easiest thing to think about when it comes to, like, envy and being grateful for what you have or wanting to have things that you don't have versus being satisfied with what you do have, then immediately we go to possessions. You know, it may be like, you know, you look at, you know, that guy and you're like, man, I wish I could afford those kinds of shoes or that brand of shoes. Or, uh, you know, girls, you're like, you know, whatever brand of clothing, you're like, man, I wish I could afford that. Or maybe you look at uh, somebody's car and you're like, man, if only I had, you know, Parents that gave me money so I could buy a cool car, right? Those are, those are not being grateful for the things that you have, and and it's easy to point out the possessional type stuff that we see, but oftentimes this idea can be very subtle in our hearts. Uh, we may see the Lord moving in our friend, that's in our small group, and the Lord may be moving in their lives, but then we start to say, why? Why is the Lord moving in his life or her no. life and not in mine? Come on. And, and you, you, start to, you start to get bitter about what the Lord's doing in somebody, else, somebody else's life. And it's not happening in your own life. But a thankful person will celebrate what the Lord is doing in their life. Right? And, and wanting to see the Lord move in their lives. And sometimes it can get so bad where people are like, it's probably all fake. Because I really know what they're really like. I remember what they were like, you know, last year when they were, you know, you know, a jerk or whatever. But but the Lord, you know, a a thankful heart. We we should celebrate. We should celebrate that because the Lord is moving. Because ultimately, it's not about me, and it's not even about that other person. It's all about Jesus. Come on. And if Jesus is being glorified, then we should celebrate. We should. We should be all about that. Because the Lord is good and it's all about Jesus. So, entitlement sucks. Right? So, we must be thankful for what we have. And then the last one is that thankfulness is expressed in action. We want to have an attitude gratitude. We want that in in our attitude. We want that to be a part of our lives. But at the same time it also has to lead us to to action. Whether that be, whether you do it, do something, or just by simply saying it. So, sometimes I'm not very good at this. Uh, Just imagine with me, Christmas is coming up, and uh, my wife knows exactly what I want for Christmas, <laughs> and she gets me this pellet smoker that I've been wanting, so that I can you know smoke brisket and all this awesome stuff for people, and you know it's really going to be awesome, you know, hopefully. So, so say, say my incredible wife gives me this awesome gift, you know, with with the help of the family and everything, of course. Uh, and I get this gift and I'm like, awesome. See you later. I'm gonna go set it up. I'm gonna go do it and I'm like, you know, and I do all these, all these things. But I never say the word thank you to her, right? Wow. What do you think, what do you, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, she like, you know, does all these things for me and I never say the word there's going to be a point where she's like, she's going to feel unappreciated, right? And then she may approach me and say, hey, I feel like, you know, I, I do all these things and you never say thank you. And in, I, in that moment, I'm like, oh, baby, I assure you, I have an attitude of gratitude towards you. What do you think she's going to say? I want my <laughs> I want my <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, well, it'd be nice if you would say it every once in a while, right? Yeah. I, I'm, you know, that's, that's what anybody, you know, it's we want to, we, you know, you, we want to, it should lead us to say thank you is what I'm trying to say. That attitude, if we truly, because honestly, if you're not expressing it, maybe you really don't have that in your heart. Maybe you're really not thankful. Um. So when there's something that's happening in your heart, and there's a real attitude and a real conviction that is forming in us, it should be expressed. It should be expressed in actions. It should be expressed in our, you know, through our mouths by saying it. And, and we must express it. So the key phrase for this one is I will turn every blessing in to praise. This one is is really interesting because every good thing and every blessing that happens in your life, if you don't immediately turn, praise, thank the Lord for that thing, it will ultimately turn into pride. Because you will begin to think that it was because of your own doing. Make sense? Yeah, it's good. Have a friend his name is Jonathan. Some of you guys know him. He's really awesome. He's a huge reason as to why I walk with Jesus today, and he always has a heart of praise and is constantly thanking the Lord. I uh, he he has developed this awareness of the Lord that I don't really see in in the other people that I or, you know, frequently around. He's one of the guys that, that when I think about, like, that really understands gratitude and just being in the presence of the Lord continually, he's one of the guys that comes to my mind. And he probably doesn't go an hour on the hour without just verbally aloud saying, thank you, Jesus. No matter what circumstance he's going through, he's saying, thank you, Lord. Because it's, it's not the circumstances that, you know, predict whether you should be thankful or not. It's the choice of saying, thank you, Lord. Come on. And just being grateful. So he's, he's awesome. So like I said, thankfulness is a choice that we have to continually make. And we must continue to de- deny our desires. We must continually deny our ambitions and did not deny the entitlement that wells up inside of us and choose to be humble and thankful. There's a story in the Gospel of Luke. It's in the chapter, or it's in the 17th chapter. And it's about it's about 10 lepers that Jesus heals. And we'll read it. It's uh, chapter 17, starting in verse 11. We'll have it on the screen. It says... On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests." I'll stop right there. Just to give you guys a little background, leprosy was uh, a disease it's not very common now, because I believe we have cures and stuff for it. Um, but it was it was a very, uh, very, it's like if you got leprosy, it was really bad. Basically, you would be kind of like kicked out of society because it was really contagious. So if somebody had leprosy, like if you, you know, if you got leprosy, you'd probably never see your family again. You'd be kicked out of town because... There's just too much of a risk to have lepers in a city before you have a city full of lepers. So they uh, would be outside of the city, and if any clean person, anybody that doesn't have leprosy, would come near a leper, they would have to yell, unclean, unclean, like just declaring who they are, that they are unclean, that they are contagious, and if they come too close, they potentially can get leprosy. So this, this like, this is kind of like the life of a leper. Sounds pretty terrible, right? And there would be like whole communities just of, of lepers. And and the the, the disease, it, it does deteriorate your skin, but more importantly, what it does is that it it basically destroys all your nerve endings in your body. So you you don't feel pain anymore. So if you, you know, imagine you're sitting around a fire and you sit too close to a fire. You don't really know if your body, like not that it catches on fire, but like if your body burns because of being so close to the fire, they would never know because they can't feel that. And basically over time, their body just rapidly deteriorates because they can't feel the pain that is, it's, so it's really interesting. So, Jesus comes across these ten lepers, and they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he saw them, and he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And then it says, as they went, they were cleansed. I think it's really interesting, because Jesus doesn't say, be healed, or be cleansed, or he doesn't even say, if you go to the priest, you will be healed. He just says, go and show yourself to the priest. And out of their obedience to the Lord, they start walking towards the priest. And as they are going, they are cleansed. It's really cool. The miracle happened out of an obedience to what the Lord said to them. That's just kind of a side nugget that really doesn't have much to do with what we're talking about. But I thought it was really cool. (laughs) So, it says, As they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. Now, he was a Samaritan. A Samaritan was kind of like they were the, like, enemies of the Jews. Like, they were, like, there was tons of prejudice between the two uh, people groups. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So this miracle happens in this leper's life. A blessing comes on his life and he immediately turns around and goes back to Jesus because he wants to give thanks, he wants to praise Jesus for the miracle that has happened in his life. So we must turn our blessings into praise, right? Because if we don't, it ultimately will turn into pride. I think really interesting that last little phrase, where Jesus says to him, "Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well." That word "well" in the original Greek—it's the same word that is often translated as "saved." Like when it talks about, uh, you know, if you confess with your mouth, you know, then you will be saved. It's that same word. So I think it's really interesting. Uh, that that's there. Uh, So just just to recap, we're going to put up on screen the three main key points with the, or the three main points with the key phrase that is associated with that one. So the first one is that thankfulness is grounded in recognition that every good thing I have is from God. Number two, Thankfulness produces satisfaction. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. And then the third one is that thankfulness is expressed in action. I will turn blessings into praise. In a few weeks, we have the opportunity uh, of having an incredible man of God by the name of John Cosho with us. And he's going to speak with us on Thursday, in the last half of December 6th. That's three weeks from now. And uh, he's an incredible man of God that I've kind of, you know, I don't see him, I only see him probably once a year. And I don't know him super well, but the times that I've been around him have really impacted my life. And uh, he's in his 70s, and he's just literally walked with Jesus for 50-something years. And he has chosen daily to walk with Jesus, to humble himself, and to be thankful for the Lord in his life, and for the Lord's moving in his life. And kind of like when I was talking about Jonathan, like when I think of you know the people that I know that really have a, a an intimacy with the Lord and like a, a closeness to Jesus, John is definitely one of the top guys on the list. Uh, I remember this one time, we were drive- I was driving him from one city to another. It was like a two and a half hour drive. Just me and him in the car it was a really cool opportunity just to hang out with him. And we were just we were talking about I think virtual friends that were in ministry, and. Uh, he was asking about somebody, and uh, and then out of nowhere, just you know, he's sitting in the passenger seat of my car. He just starts praying to the Lord, and he just says, "Thank you, Lord, for so and so," and he just thank he just prays, and, and and it just strikes me because the way that he prayed to the Lord, it was almost as if the Lord had been in the car with us the whole time. It wasn't like he. He didn't say like, okay, now let us pray. Nor did when he finished his prayer say amen. It was just like everything that he's saying, he's saying to the Lord. And he's really intentional about, you know, just praying throughout the day. And it was just really, it was really awesome to to see that. And, and, uh, you know, he, he just exudes gratefulness to the Lord and thankfulness. And, um, I'm just really excited about the opportunity that all of us are going to get to have to hear him speak on December 6th, and it's going to be really great. So, kind of a plug, uh, but the worship team's going to come up, and we're going to kind of close this thing up, and and I just kind of want to challenge you guys. So. As you guys go home for the Thanksgiving holiday and, and you know, in a few weeks after Thanksgiving you'll be home for an extended longer period of time for Christmas holidays, I just want to practically challenge you guys to to be humble and to be grateful and to serve your family. Uh, you sh- You should be grateful to the Lord. You should have a thankful heart to the Lord. But that should also express in the people around us. Right? So when you're at home, everybody's cooking Thanksgiving meals, be the first to volunteer. If you see a really heavy trash can that's full, just take it out. Don't wait for somebody to ask you to do it. Just serve. Serve them. Don't forget to tell people thank you because we, we want to express it. I think the words thank you, I don't think there's anyone on this planet that doesn't like hearing that, right? It's, it's like when somebody tells you thank you because they're doing something because they you know want to do this, and when you tell them thank you, you're showing a value for what they're doing. So I think that those words are very powerful. So, and some of you guys, you may go home and you know, you serve your parents like crazy. You serve your family, and they're gonna be like, "What happened to him? He went off to college kind of like a selfish brat." But now he's like nice and grateful and thankful, right? And the Lord, you know, your parents may be like, "What happened to you?" And you can be like, "The Lord's changing my heart," right? That'd be a really cool testimony. So just remember, thankfulness is a choice. No one must choose to have a thankful heart. And remember that sometimes we need to express it verbally. And I just kind of want to close with this idea. Just just imagine the lepers, right, in Luke 17. They, you know, just imagine if you had leprosy, completely kicked out of society, and the Lord heals you. What's your first thought? You're like my life has been completely restored. Like, I can go back and see my family. I can, like, their life is completely changed. And and obviously, if you're in in that moment, you're like, thank you. Because you know what you were before, and now you know what you have after. And the thing is, is that whether we may not physically have leprosy, we've all had it spiritually. Whether we have been redeemed by Jesus or not. So, just know that, you know, when we are are sinners, we we are separated from the Lord. And we don't have that community with the Father. But through God's grace, when we put our hope and trust in Jesus and we follow Him, we are restored into a right relationship with Jesus. And we no longer are that person of old. And through that, re- that redemption that happens in our hearts, it should push us to gratitude. It should push us to be thankful for the fact that we are no longer that person, but we are new in Christ. So I just encourage you guys, if you're struggling to have a thankful heart on a hard day, just remember what the Lord has done in your life, that He's redeemed you, that He's transforming you, He's making you new every day. He's restoring you into this beautiful relationship with him. So we're going we're gonna to close. We're going to sing a song. And, and I would just encourage you guys uh, to just say thanks to the Lord. And just just think how you can be more thankful, and grateful, in the daily life that you live with Jesus. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll sing. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for who you are, Lord. That you are our king. That you love us, Lord. That you are a good father, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would just recognize who you are, Lord. And that recognition would push us to thankfulness, Lord. And what you've done in our lives, Lord, that you've redeemed us. That you have made us whole through through your son, Lord, that these things would all well up thankfulness and gratitude in our hearts, Jesus. That we would not over time become entitled again, Lord Jesus, but that we would we would daily choose to be grateful and thankful for the things that we have and that ultimately that we have you Lord because you are the most valuable thing. That Jesus. So we love you, Lord. We pray that you just move in these last few minutes and you would just receive our praise, receive our glory, Jesus, or receive your glory and give our praise to you, Father. We love you, Lord. It's a your wonderful